Anything you'd like to share? Oh, just watching the grass grow here. <laughs> how high is it? Well, the question is how low it goes when you step on it without any resistance. Mm. Very nice answer. Yeah. I think about it all the time because I'm walking on it. Nice. Which is nice. And of course, we're surrounded by big redwood trees, which are very stately and magnanimous and remind us also of Mahaprabhu's verse and his mandate for us to be tolerant and compassionate. So it's a favorable environment here. But, um, why don't we just go ahead and take the questions? Okay. Um, we'll start with Krishna Das. You need to unmute yourself. Uh, Dandavat Pranams. Good morning, Guru Maharaj. Um, so my question is in relation to a verse in Bhagavad Gita that I was reading recently in the 17th chapter. Um, in verse 28, uh, Krishna says, O son of Pritha, any action performed without faith, even sacrifice, charity, and austerity is considered impious. Such acts are fruitful neither in this world nor the next. And I was reading that, and I was kind of wondering, uh, it kind of made me think of uh, like the, the, the concept of Agyata Sukriti and how that kind of is understood and reconciled with this verse, or maybe I thought this verse doesn't necessarily refer to Agyata Sukriti and the concept of, you know, bhakti and such, or maybe um, this is referring to more, you know, dharmic or worldly kinds of sacrifice, charity, or austerity. But I was wondering if you could maybe say something about if there is a relation between the two or how to reconcile the the concepts, those those two concepts. What translation are you reading? Uh, yours, the um, your translation and commentary. Can you cite the Sanskrit? Try to. Ashraddhaya hotam datam tapas taptam kritam chayat asad ityochyate parta nachatat pratyano iha. I think that, uh, thank you, I think that... Um, uh, the idea here is that, which, well, at least she believes what she's doing. Hmm? At least she has some conviction. At least she has some, so faith, conviction. Um, it may be weird, but I'd give it to him. He believes in it, you know, he's into it. So there's, there's, uh, something that's sattvic and virtuous about faith in a general uh, sense, as opposed to not having it, which um, kind of suspends one's animation, if you will. It uh, uh, leaves us suspicious, endowed, and, uh, and, and so on. So uh, in that sense, the virtue of faith is being extolled in uh, the text, and, um, of course, that said, I should go on to um, explain that despite the fact that in overarching sense, faith is virtuous, the color of one's subtle body, the antakarna, 
uh, color here referring to the modes um, is also going to determine the, the quality of one's faith. So one could have faith in general, which is virtuous, but it could be of a tamasic nature, or it could be of a sattvic nature, or it could be of a rajasic nature, or it could be of, 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 of a nirgun quality. So, um, so I think that uh, the, the text is extolling the virtue of faith in a broad way. That if we, of course, if we perform, it's also, re, that, that chapter is also referring to different types of faith within the different modes of nature. It doesn't deal uh, directly with Nirgun Shraddha. There's a parallel, if you will, verse in Uddhava Gita, um, where Krishna takes it a step further by way of saying that, you know, into there, you're back. I lost you for a second, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was saying in the Uddhava Gita, I think you might have heard that part. Uh, Krishna says, faith in me is, is near good. Now, he doesn't deal with that in the 17th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. He's dealing with faith within the different modes of nature. Um, and, and the activities that are described there in the verse that you cite, uh, charity, uh, what is it, penance, whatever they were, these are not um, of a nirgun nature either. Whereas when we speak of Agyata Sukriti in relation to bhakti, we're speaking of bhakti as an activity that's done um, that um, may be done without faith, but the nature of the activity is different than what's being described in this verse, all of which is within the gunas. So near guna bhakti. We lost you again. I was citing the second verse of the of the Bhagavatam. I didn't get beyond that, but uh, there there's an emphasis on the efficacy of hearing. The Bhagavatam, which is, you know, an anga of bhakti, a very prominent one, and it doesn't speak of a prerequisite of faith. So Vishwanath Chakravitakur, in his commentary on it, emphasizes the fact that, it, that even without faith, one could engage in bhakti and and uh, accrue, you know, a transcendental uh, benefit because it, 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 the act. Uh, is uh, is um, of a of a near good nature, so that's the distinction. I think I hope that harmonizes the the uh, apparent uh, contradiction that you raise. Uh, yes, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, okay. Thank you very much, Guru Maharaj. Right. Okay. Um, Uddhava Das. Uh, I had a question, but now I had a follow-up question from this question. Because you say that uh, even without faith, you know, you can act on bhakti, but uh, you say that uh, bhakti starts in strata. So how you harmonize that? When we say that bhakti begins with strata or faith, we were talking about... um, Entering into a systematic uh, culture of bhakti um, and faith 
being the first step within that. So you have some sadhu sangha, from that faith comes, and then you sufficiently to, to, to want to take up the practice, then you have sadhu sangha again in a more uh, specific way. That's one thing, to, to formally tread the path of bhakti. There's another thing, to be touched by bhakti, but not be formally treading the path and still be benefited. Hmm? And sometimes um, that kind of benefit that accrues from such contact with or participation in bhakti unknowingly or without faith hmm, has been referred to as agyata sukriti or gyata sukriti with some knowledge, some understanding. But someone may come to the temple, may go to the arctic and think it's a nice thing. I like it. But um, uh, for faith to participate in it, to take it up, to think this is this is the this is this is the purpose of life uh, that hasn't arisen yet, and, and someone else may not even may go to the temple just for a meal, for example, take prasadam, and not think anything about it. So there you have cases of gyata sakriti and agyata sakriti uh, that is accruing. Hmm? As a result of bhakti, it's not occurring as a result of anything else. So if you take a plant, let's say you take a seed and you put it in the ground, then you're watering it, watering it, and you see this plant, say, hey, this, it's coming, it's, it's, it's coming. So that might be. So we've lost you again. Oh, we just lost, completely lost him. Okay, I'll get back on. Yeah, I'm back. There you are. I don't hear you though. Can you hear me now? No. Um, click on You're English and mute digital audio. There, you can hear me now. Yeah. You're at the seed so, in the ground. Did you hear my example of the seed? No, As you put it in the ground. When you put the seed in the ground and you say it's coming, and then we lost you. So coming above the ground, and I mean, oh, there it is. Uh, but actually something has been happening beneath the ground that we don't see. So roots are going down and up. And that might be compared to uh, the, the, the bhakti results that accrues in one who's performing bhakti with some bhakti or with no knowledge of bhakti and what one's, in, what's, one's involved in. Gyata and agyata sukriti of the bhakti nature, so bhakti umukhi, sukriti. So when it, when the, using that analogy again, when the plant actually pops above the ground, that's faith. Now one has the requisite faith to actually tread the path. But that doesn't mean that contact with bhakti without faith has no result. It does. And that result accrues to a point where it becomes faith. So now your question. My question is, I was wondering, you know, if the home of Krishna is so beautiful. Yes. You know, it must be like the Mahabharata Brita, they say that even the devotees who meet him first time, they feel ashamed, you know, because they were glorifying him all his life using poetry. But when they meet him, they feel that the poetry does not justice, you know, to the beauty of the Lord. Yet, when the Lord descends to the earth, there are some people who don't like him, apparently, you know, so. There must be some maya, something going on there, because it doesn't make sense, the idea. You know, that Krishna will come to the world, and even with Krishna person, people will have apathic feelings toward him. 
Right. Well, that's where it said that um, uh, Krishna is seen with eyes of devotion. Hmm? So forth. Many verses to that effect. Tashi Krishna Namadi Nabhavidhyamindre Seva Mugahiji Badro Swayameva Sparateta. With some material senses, you can't see Krishna. So if your senses are only material, that means they're only absorbed in material sense objects, then um, you might look at the deity, but not think that he's beautiful. But if you have been uh, engaged in bhakti and your senses are becoming uh, purified or oriented towards Swarup Shakti, then you're going to see in a different light. So, um, I think it's uh, it's understandable. Use the, use the example of Harinam. It said that it tastes bitter like uh, sugar does to one who has jaundice, but sugar is the cure, a cure for jaundice. So if you keep taking it, the jaundice of ignorance will go away and the sweetness that's inherent in the sugar will come out. So uh, it takes certain eyes to see Krishna. Krishna showed a wonderful form to uh, Duryodhan and, um, at one point. And he and others were exclaiming about it. Dhritarashtra was present and he was blind. He couldn't see. He said, I want to see that. Give me eyes that I might see that form. He said to Krishna. And Krishna said, without eyes, see my form. And he could see the form. So it's not with material senses that we see Krishna. So Krishna is, God reveals himself to us on his own terms. It's not on our terms or on the basis of our material strength, whether it be mental, intellectual, or physical, sensual, that we can see Krishna. So there's a method. So we'll see something, but we won't be seeing Krishna. Just like people, some people see the deity, but they only see a stone. Some people hear the Hare Krishna mantra and they think, oh, might as well change Coca-Cola. doesn't make any difference. But if you approach in the right way through bhakti as it's ordained in the scriptures, then you're going you're gonna to see it in a different, a different light. Hmm? I mean, uh, if you take kittens and you put them, raise them in a room that has horizontal stripes, around the room. Then when they grow up, they will not be able to perceive anything vertical. And if you graze them in a room with only vertical lines, when they grow up, they'll not be able to perceive anything that is horizontal. <laughs> Even materially speaking, is, uh, is uh, relative to certain circumstances. Right. Even to even what the cat will see in ordinary circumstances is going to be different than what the human sees. Right. So we're talking about seeing Krishna by way, just like if you want to enter the fire, understanding of even your own self, what to speak of God. Do you follow? Yeah, you, yes, you, yeah, we lost you a little bit. So. 
Well, I said, it's a, you know, that, that, that if you want to see God, if you want to see Krishna, well, you have to um, uh, overcome that which obscures the experience and the perspective and the perception, which is the influence of the, of the gunas and, and so on and so forth. Hmm. So it takes eyes, to, right eyes to see, yeah, spiritual eyes to see. What else? Okay, Sajan has a question. Yes. Tadavats Maharaj. Um, interestingly, the last question was about the, uh, uh, the beauty of the deity of Krishna. And my question indeed was um, just very recently, um, I read uh, that the deity of Banki Bihari in Vrindavan was actually a combination of Radha and Krishna uh, combined in the same form, uh, something akin to Mahaprabhu, as it were. And I was wondering if you had any uh, kind of insights or perspectives on the, the deity of Banki Bihari. Banki Bihari, G. Banki Bihari is a deity that's not um, a deity of our Gaudiya Sampradaya. Right. I don't know, maybe Radhabalava Sampradaya, I'm not sure. Um, there are a number of devotional sects in Vrindavan that have spawned in and around the time of uh, and, and after Mahaprabhu and, and so forth. And so um, one, I think, Haridas, um, I don't, I, I don't recall. I'm not sure if Bunky Perry's Radhabalava, uh, Sampradai, but in the, but, it, but they have a different idea. Radhabalava Sampradai has the idea of the supremacy of Radha hmm, in a way that's different than the subtle and indirect supremacy of Radha we find in Gaudiya Sampradaya. So, um, but I'm not an expert on, on, on that Sampradaya or any other Sampradaya. Um, and barely uh, schooled in, in our own sampradaya. <laughs> but I didn't know that, uh, that, uh, um, fact of, about how Bunky Bihari is conceived. We have a, a similar deity though, in one sense, in, in Gaudi sampradaya in the form of Radha Raman. Because mm. if, you, if you go to the Radha Raman temple, you won't see a deity of Radha. But he's referred to as Radha Raman. Right. And, um, one of the, uh, reasons for that is that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told Gopal Bhatta Goswami to go to Vrindavan after his parents had passed away and, uh, to reside there and that he would again come to Vrindavan and give him a darshan. Hmm? But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu never returned. He, he went to Vrindavan after that, but Gopavata hadn't gotten there by that time. Um, he commissioned Rupa Sanatana to go there, and he, Mahaprabhu never returned to Vrindavan. But Gopavata, of course, went there, and he took shelter of the Rupa Sanatana and so forth. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sent his uh, a wooden asan of his to Gopavata. Along with a, a piece of his, his, his cloth. And, um, it's thought that Mahaprabhu returned there in that form, 
to fulfill his promise to Gopal Bhatta that he would come. And of course, Gopal Bhatta also had acquired um, some shalagrams from the Gandaki and was worshiping them. And on the Shringa Chaturasi, he was thinking of the virtues of Prahlad and how Shringa had appeared to him out of the stone and how blessed he, he, blessed he was and so forth. Woke up in the morning to find that one of the shalagrams had, had as the deity of Krishna. And he's named Radharaman because he's thought to be another way in which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave his darshan in a combined form of Radha and Krishna in Radharaman. So in the same way that some are speaking about Bhanki Bihari, there's a similar idea about Radharaman. Is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu again appearing? Hmm? So you can, there uh, are. Now can you hear me? Yes, yes, he's returned. So the two, I was saying Rasaraj Mahabhav Dui two Rasaraj Krishna Mahabhav Radha Dui Ekrup in one form. That is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we, we tend to look at Radha Raman in the same way. So it's not quite an answer, but somewhat somewhat of an answer. I'm not sure what No, that was a wonderful answer. Thank you so much, Maharaj. Radha Raman Jiki Jai. 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 Albataki Jai. All right, dear devotees, we're out of questions. So I know a number of you got on since Gurmaraj got on. Does anyone have a question you would like to ask? Just unmute yourself. I have a question. Okay, Samadhi's got a question. Okay. Can you hear her? I can't hear you. Hello? Can you hear me? No, Smati, why don't you come in here real quick and ask your question. I have a question that someone has written me. Should I cite? Oh, you want to hear Smati? Oh, Guru Mat, can I move this? Um, my question is in uh, Lord Titania's Leela, when he would go between... Um, you know, his meditations, and he would go to to his aprakat lila and be engaging with um, Krishna in the mood of Radharani. And then he would come back to Navadweep with his um, devotees. Was that um, yoga maya shakti that was taking him from one to the other? one mood to another mood? Well, um, I think that you have to look at the Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. We can't hear you. No, I can hear him. You can. I need to change the mic speaker. Can you hear me? Now I can, yes. I think that we have to look at the, the Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a teaching Leela. And here we find Siddhas playing the role of sadhakas. And they're very absorbed in the role of sadhakas, so they don't even know that they're Siddhas. Hmm? Um, that's our 
removed an objective perspective. Uh, but Rupa Goswami isn't, you know, thinking I'm going to pretend to be a sadhaka now. Actually, I'm a student. So, so they're they're setting an example of sadhana and so forth. And 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 Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also, hmm? right? It's his Acharya Leela, so he's teaching by his example. So when the devotees <clears throat> are transported, if you will, into Krishna Leela from Gaur Leela. <clears throat> Well, this is a result of the uh, the culture of bhakti. Hmm? This is this is an outcome of that uh, absor- absorption. I don't think you have to attribute it to anything other than the, the power of bhakti, you know, herself. Hmm? Uh, the the, the Sarup Shakti opening her arms to uh, give us entrance into. Uh, Glimpse of uh, the uh, Nityalila. Does that help? Okay. So I got a question here that someone has written me. His name is Bhimal Prashad Das from Iskon, Delhi, trying to practice Krishna consciousness for 21 years, regularly reading your books and posts, audio lectures for the last 15 years. He says, I have questions that only you can answer. I don't know if that's true, but actually I find your answers unbiased and hence they are closer to my heart. Kindly reply to them at your own convenience. He says, no one remembers anything or anyone of this material world and the spiritual world. Actually, no one even remembers the material world. It's not like the spiritual world we meet. Hey, Prabhu, how are you? Um, Only Krishna, he says, remembers everything. Us, the material world. If this is so, how did Gopakumar back to Krishna? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I can hear you. So I, I think that the idea in the question that you won't remember anything is based on the, the fact that the Antakarna, where the subtle body, where memory is found, hmm, is cleansed, cleansed away. Hmm. So, um, but what's, but what's cleansed away is all your material samskars, remembrances, and subsequently habits, and so on and so forth. But it's but it's it's overridden, uh, and that's the way that it's cleared through bhakti. It's overridden by bhakti samskars. So probably used to give an example: if you take a bottle of ink and you pour milk in it, well, milk and water are going to come out. Milk and ink are going to come out. And, but if you keep pouring the milk in there, eventually only milk is going to come out. You pour it in, it's going to come out, right? You keep a constant flow of milk, then the milk, the ink will all come out and only milk will be, be left at a certain point. So the Antakarna uh, is overridden in Bhav Bhakti by the Surup Shakti. And then, um, um, there's reason to believe, and perhaps evidence, if you want to cite Gopakumar, that 
what he's remembering is um, is based on an antakarna functioning in a spiritual way rather than a material way. And that doesn't mean that you're going to go to Goloka and, and say, hey, well, there's, you know, there, there, there's uh, Merchant City over there, there's Shamsunta over there, there's Bijay Kumar over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would agree that, 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 that that's not the case. Some people like to uh, ask, you know, what is another person's swarup? that's passed away, it's hard enough to understand one's own. <laughs> um, work on that. Uh, but um, um, there is there is a distinct possibility that spiritual impressions mm, will will remain mm, um, and, you know in a, in, a, in a broader sense. Now if we take the case of Gopal Kumar um uh, he describes in Vedic Bhagavatamrita that he was in the Apricot Lila and told to go to the material world by Radha and uh to show mercy to Jana Sharma, who, who became his, his student, to whom he told his whole story. Right? So the question is how did he remember his whole story? As a uh, sadhaka, hmm. well, um, I think that the, that uh, the possibility exists of recalling uh, the uh, the progress that one makes towards perfection, having attained. Perfection, uh, and especially if one is empowered you know, to do that. So he was told by Radharani to go. So, and at that point, um, he entered the material world and he retold the story. How did he remember the story? Um, obviously, the possibility exists that he could, perhaps by the grace of Radha, given the occasion and, and what, what she expected of him. And so forth, or uh, it's it's possible that uh, that in, in some respects could be um, retained or uh, dormant or in, in the background, so to speak. But in the in the leela, not doesn't come to the foreground. But if a certain instance should occur, that one has to rely upon that, as in the case rare case of Gopal Kumar. Then it's there to take advantage of. That's the way I would think about it. We have um, another question. Um, Sagrahi Dasi? Hare Krishna, can you hear me? Yes. yes. Good morning. Dandavat, Guru Maharaj. Good to see you. Good to see you too. I was trying to ask this question during, during Kartik, but we were always running out of time, so. It's a little bit Kartik question, which I left with. I was reading Dig Darshinitika of Sanatana Goswami to Damodarashtakam uh, commentaries, and he was saying in the first verse, he was writing that Krishna 
escaped uh, from Adriashoda and he was feeding uh, butter to monkeys. And as I heard from you and some other places, that that was monkeys from Ramayana. But he also said that he was feeding crows with this butter, maybe. So I was wondering if you know any story behind this crows. Crows. Crows, yes, yeah. Birds. I don't know any story about that. Yeah. <laughs> they, they do come around <laughs> and uh, accept handouts and so forth. So I, I can't uh, comment on who, who, who they are, where they come from, but <laughs> there are crows in Brudge, right? And there are also devotees. Crows Kijai. Hi, Sorry. Uh, I think Omkar has a question. Who? Omkar? Omkar. Okay. Can you unmute yourself? Can we don't hear you or see you, Omkar? No, huh? Well, I've got another question from Bimal Prashad. I'll refer to that. He says, Does Nishinga Dave have the face of a lion in Vaikuntha? I heard a lecture by another Swami who said that he has the mood of Nishringa, but in all of Vaikuntha planets, Vishnu has only a forearm form. In Vaikuntha, do we have a does Vamana do we have a Vamana dwarf or or a Matsya or Kurma? Um, uh, that is in some Vaikuntha sitting on a throne as a fish or turtle or so forth. So this is his question. Um, um, and of course, Prahlad, let's take Prahlad as an example, which he, he brings up, um, was a worshiper of Krishna, Govinda. And given the circumstances, the unique circumstances that Prahlad was confronted with, his deity appeared to him, Krishna appeared to him as a form of, of Nishinga, a form that is said Lakshmi hadn't seen before of her husband. Holy cow, she thought. What's this? And that none of the Devas had ever seen and so on and so forth. So um, a new a new event, if you will, um, in eternity. And um, and so obviously uh his deity appeared to him in a particular form prominently, and then that became the form uh, of Krishna that Prahlad worshipped, hmm, who resides in Vaikuntha. Now, the, so the question is, well, if you go to Vaikuntha, do you just see Narayan there, or do you actually see the, the half man, half lion, etc., with other avatars? Well, the answer in one sense is, is that... Um, that the Lord appears, as Bhagavatam says in the third canto, and as he says in the Bhagavad Gita as well, in relation to how he's worshipped. Hmm? Let me give you another example. In the Vasant, springtime Rasalila depicted in Gita Govinda of Jayadeva Goswami, Krishna tried to show a four-armed form, Chaturbhuj, to Radharani. Hmm? when she was searching for him, but he couldn't do that. So his form in which he appears corresponds with the love of the devotee. So Radharani's love, her bhav, 
determined how he would appear. So how the devotees will see Bhagwan depends upon their love, their the way in which they they go forth. So if Prahlad wants to see Bhagavan Narayana, who is a form of Krishna, in the form of Narasimha in Vaikuntha, you can bet he'll be able to see him as as such. So I would uh, tend to look at it along those lines and say that, you know, both things are there. Um, um, I remember going to uh, Barkala in um, in South India once where there's a big, big, like 24 foot deity of Mahavishnu lying, lying down and in stone and so forth. And I happened to go there um, um, on Janamastami and they had him decorated like so the implication did you hear that? So on the different appearance days of the different avatars they would dress him like the different avatars the implication being that in the very least on those days celebrated in Vaikuntha he'll show that form hmm? Um it's another way of thinking about it, but but I would gravitate more towards um, uh, the idea of different departments, if you will, in in Baikuntha, uh, different lokas in which the uh, the avatar form that appears in the world is uh, manifest there for the devotees to. Okay. Okay. Um, Omkar sent me his question and I just gave, send it to you. Do you see it in the chat? Are you freezing again? Did, did you hear me? You, you, you froze. Yeah, no, I said, are there any other, other questions? Yeah, there's a, a question. Um, Omkar sent his question and I sent it to you in the chat. Do you see it? Uh, let me look it up here. No, I, I can read it. But. I'm confused about Vishuddha Sattva, is that it? Yes. He says, Omkar says, I'm confused about Vishuddha Sattva as in the commentary of Srimad Bhagavatam 4939, Vishuddha Chakrati comments that Indra and Shiva are both in this category, but elsewhere in the Bhagavatam, for instance, 430.24, Prabhupada said that only Vishnu, who does not accept the material body, is in this category, but other guna avatars are not. Hmm? I'd have to look at the commentary of Vishwana Chakrati Thakur there in 4939 that you refer to. Um, but he may be referring to the idea that the demigods are partial manifestations in the material world of, uh, of, of, of the Godhead. Hmm? Um, so sometimes they're seen in a quasi you will uh spiritual light those positions of indra or or brahma and so forth those are divine arrangements hmm? um, coming from the other side uh far for purposes in this world that different jivas inhabit or um, you know embody for some time so the roles themselves 
have their origins, if you will, in transcendence, whereas they play a role within the material world, albeit, at, you know, a, 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 they're part of the divinity train of the divine controlling power of God. They're aspects of the power. Those those positions are aspects of the power of the Godhead, who's you know in control of everything, and they they represent some aspect of His controlling power. Those positions, but those who inhabit those, if you will, those positions, are not trans. Mm-hmm. Um, other than uh, then, well, Shiva, we look at there. Shiva actually says there. Yeah. I could look it up, but let's go on. There are there other questions. Sajan has another question. Okay. Maraja, you were, you mentioned um, we lost you like briefly while you were mentioning about how you were. You were uh, taking the uh, darshan of the deity of Mahavishnu and Janmashtami. They dressed. I believe you said that uh, he was dressed up as Krishna on that day. Yeah. Yeah. And then you. Uh, I loved what you said about how um, he appears in different ways to uh, in accordance with the love of his devotees. And so that reminded me of another deity that I just happened to read read about very recently is Guru Vayarapan and that they dress him up as all the different avatars that were mentioned uh, in the the previous question today by um, uh, I believe it was by the Iskand devotee about um, sometimes they'll dress him up as Korma or Vamana or Mm. of course Krishna naturally and um, and and so many others, uh, Parasharam and uh, Ram, etc., like that. Have do you have any impressions, or have you taken darshan of uh, Guru Vairapan, perhaps? I never had the uh, good fortune to go to uh, Guru Vair, Guru Vair, but um, I, it's a famous place. I know. I think there's a famous elephant there. Yeah. <laughs> we serve the deity regularly. Um, so, unfortunately, no. Okay. I see another question just came up. It says, um, it's from Matthew Salva. I've been reading your Bhagavad Gita. I listen to your lectures. I've been inspired by the substance of your teachings. Do you have a suggested order of reading your books? Well, uh, you know, um, perhaps they all do to some extent, to a large extent. We lost you for a, a little bit, so you can. Oh, um, well, there are some heavier books that are heavier on Tatva that I've written, like <clears throat> filled in the same way. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. There are lower books, if you will, <laughs> that I've written, like my commentary on Tatva Sandarva that deals more with the Tatva and lends itself less to expressing feelings, um, spiritual emotion, and so forth. But, you know, those are heady books at the same time. Um, the Gita is more like that um, as well, but, but Krishna's speaking there, and, and I've written about it in, in a way, uh, well, the subtitle is It's Feeling and Philosophy, so I've woven a fair amount of, you know, 
drawn a lot of feeling from it. But um, um, that's one way to look at my books, lower and higher. Um, but um, but you know you could try to read that uh, the Tattva Sandarva. It's a good book. It's an important book. Book of Jiva Goswami. So I'm just explaining it there. Uh, I would suggest a smaller, shorter book would be my commentary on Shikshastakam, which is full of feeling, but also it's very relevant to practice. Hmm? Uh, it speaks of the different verses of the Bhagavatam or of the Shikshastakam in relation to the different stages of bhakti. So I would recommend that you read that book. And from there, you can, you can choose as you like from that which has been published in, in my name. What else? Um, Dulal said he sent a question to my email. When Narmada Muni is speaking about Paranjana in the Bhagavatam verses 428.53 and 428.55, where Krishna asks the soul, do you remember me? How can you remember what you never knew? Krishna says, Hitva Mum, you rejected me. He says it again in 428.55. So swam, tatwam bihaya mum bando. You are the one who rejected me, O oh friend. Satwam Bihaya Mambando is sometimes used as proof that we were once with Krishna. Can you explain how this is not an accurate way to see these verses? Yes. Um, I would, we're, we're short on time here, but uh, to cut to the chase, if you will, uh, it's good, if not essential, to uh, look at such verses of the Bhagavatam, and he said any verses, um, in relation to the uh, seminal commentaries. So in the commentary of Jiva Goswami and the later but universally accepted commentary of Vishnu Shakti Thakur, we find a clear statement that this is in reference to the um, susupti, hmm? the 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 uh, unfolding and enfolding of the material uh, world, coming and going. So uh, it, it's it's in relation to um, to use another term, the the shristi lila, hmm? um, where the jiva enters into Mahavishnu and susupti and comes back out again and it comes back in so it's these commentators have explained it in this way and uh, they are the shastra gurus of our sampradaya so uh, we have to uh, look at it along those terms and of course in those terms and of course uh, to look at it in another way as it's speaking about for example, falling from Vaikuntha, from Goloka, well, you know, there are innumerable problems with that that come up with, uh, you know, in so many other places in the text. So that's not a viable uh, way of explaining it. You can't just take something out of the text here and then 
ignore everything else, all the other philosophical, theological implications of that and statements to the contrary. For example, that no one falls from Vaikuntha and just take that and say, therefore, see the Bhagavatam says we fall from Vaikuntha. You have to have an explanation that corresponds with the rest of us, the rest of the teaching. And fortunately, on top of that, we have the commentaries of Jiva Goswami and, uh, and uh, Vishwan Chakritakur, um, both of whom, as I say, um, tell us that this is this coming and going. Oh, are you with me? I, you left me. Is is in, in reference to the to this uh, Susupti and the Shristi Leela. So, with that, we come to a close for today. And that was actually from Bhakti Ras. That question. Bhakti Ras. Good job. Good job. Okay. Hope to be with you next week. Yes, thank you very much. Good night.